This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. We are rolling right along on this Monday as we start hour number two on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Thank you for watching. If you're on YouTube right now, smash that like button. If you're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we love you. If you're listening on one of our fine radio stations, we love you there as well. Mainly, we want to get you through this Monday, get you through your week as fast as possible. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton will be back with us tomorrow. Charlie Arnault, very special guest co-host with Hello. us now from up in New York. Charlie, we having fun so far today? We're having a great time. I mean, we have we have really run the gamut as far as the stories that we're talking about. I mean, if you're here for sports, we've got you. If you're here for some pop culture, we've got you. If you're here for some ocean conspiracy theories, we've got you. Also, Kool-Aid, we've got you. It, it's uh, it, it, You're right. A, real, a, a renaissance show. You know, that's I love what, this. I, the, the internet's buzzing about this show right now, calling it a true renaissance show with all the topics we've gotten to so far. Uh, another topic we're going to get into right now involves a charity golf event uh, that's been canceled that Jordan Poyer, Buffalo Bills safety, was hosting. Why was it canceled? Because the golf tournament is at the Trump National Golf Club and uh, some sponsors pulled out because of backlash. Look, this is where cancel culture, boycott culture, I, I think becomes ridiculous when it's this back and forth game of I don't like something, so boycott it. I don't like something, so cancel it. And now it's happening because a golf tournament that was going to raise money for a great cause happened to be held at Trump National Doral in Miami. Uh, Jordan Poyer, the official statement says, I regret to inform you that my annual golf charity event in South Florida, originally scheduled for July 10th, the Blue Monster at Trump National in Doral, has been rescheduled for next year. Unfortunately, the location of the event led to a few sponsors and golfers withdrawing at the last minute due to external Pressures. I hate that phrase, external pressures. Yeah, what, um, is, what does that even mean? Well, it means that, you know, people on social media got mad at them. Yeah, right. And they decided to do it or something. External pressures means whatever you want it to mean. It just means that you are no longer putting the onus on yourself or taking responsibility for it. And it's because of external pressures. Yeah, it, or it's just, you know, corporate overlords that you don't want to call people out by name that's pressuring these companies to do something. And Jordan Poyer so really gets into that. really it's the most internal of pressures, potentially. Right. And here's the sad part about it, Charlie. That there's going to be a lot of money raised for ECMC Foundation. And what is that? ECMC Foundation use a range of funding methods, including strategic grant-making and program-related investments to support nonprofit and for-profit organizations that are working to improve post-secondary outcomes for students from underserved backgrounds. So... This is a charity that, you know, I guess most of America and especially those that are trying to cancel this tournament because it's one of Donald Trump's courses would back in normal everyday life. And now they're going to cost this organization money and the organization's going to cost itself money because they're mad that the tournament is hosted at one of Donald Trump's uh, courses. Um, it's never ending. It's one of the, another one of these stories is never ending. 
and I wish we didn't have to deal with this. Yeah, well, I think it's, A, uh, ridiculous because I don't care what golf club it's at. It's for an amazing cause. Uh, Just the pure fact that it's Donald Trump's golf course, he owns it, he's not going to be there, he has nothing to do with the event, uh, makes it even more ridiculous because this is just, it's just the hypocrisy that we are seeing in the world, like in a, like in, in a tiny little bubble here. Uh, you have like people who are, you know, the, the liberals who are screaming, we won't have our golf event here. We won't support. We're not going to go. Uh, but then the conservatives try to, you know, back themselves up and hold their ground uh, for things. There's actually reason behind, you know, for example, the I'll use the target fiasco as a great example, like really like people just want to look out for their children. Uh, There's actual purpose behind it. It's not them just screaming for the sake of screaming or, you know, people putting their foot down as far as the trans athletes being injecting themselves into women's sports. There's actually a reason uh, for their being upset and pushing back. Uh, This to me doesn't have any backbone to it. It's just one way of saying, oh, well, if this isn't, you know, representative of our beliefs, uh, or the candidate that we want to be in office, we are not going to help this organization that needs all the help we can get. I, so it's just really ridiculous to me. And uh, I, I can't really get behind boycotts. I like, I know you're very anti-boycott in the entire sense of the word. Uh, I actually can get behind a boycott when there's a purpose to it and when it's driving a bigger force home. But to me, this doesn't represent anything other than people being very childish and screaming until they get their way. Yeah, and I look, I think the force that's applied with it is kind of in the eye of the beholder because I'm sure the people that are boycotting this tournament think, oh, well, I'm, I'm making a big stand here, and this is very important and impactful to me. I, I just wish we could have more conversations. Greg Wyshynski of ESPN, a great example. You know, Greg Wyshynski blocked Dan Z on, on Twitter for writing the story. Uh, he had blocked me. I don't know if I'm still blocked, but he had blocked me for asking him to come on the show yeah. to discuss his piece on Ivan Provorov. And I'm sure he takes that as, well, this guy is just going to you know, blast me on air. Right. I really wanted to have the conversation. I wanted to ask him tough questions, but have a back and forth on it and hope that we could get to a place of something that, oh, well, I don't agree with you, but maybe we understand each other on at least these two or three points on it. And you can understand the other perspective, but instead... Like with this story, it becomes a we just can't have it. You know, well, that's not how it not, used to not be. only should you know, not only do I disagree with it, but now you can't have it. And all these kids that would have made the money from this with the charity, they can't have it either. Yeah, and that's how it used to be. What you're referring to, having a healthy debate and being able to just talk about things in a calm, composed manner, doesn't exist anymore. It used to, uh, but it does not anymore because people have gotten so extreme. Uh, about so many issues that require no more than just a tiny bit of common sense. So it is really unfortunate because you see situations like with our Clay Travis and ESPN Stephen A. Smith recently, where they were able to sit down and have a healthy debate on a whole variety of topics. And people really enjoyed it because they're both highly intelligent people dishing it out over topics that really affect people and get people going. Uh, But it just doesn't exist in our everyday world anymore. And I mean, it's just a prime example of it, I suppose, is our even our sitting president uh, has already made it clear he's not willing to debate so many others that have differing viewpoints from him, like RFK, right? Listen, it's it's like one of those things. That's what creates a democracy. You're able to talk about the things that 
uh, affect your population. Uh, but because at the highest levels, it's not being the con- given the consideration or uh, allowed to happen. What do you think is going to happen at the lower levels like this? This is something so insignificant compared to you know a presidential debate. Yeah, and look, I, I think we're still in a place in America where a majority of people probably agree on most things, just not certain things or a few things, but there are extreme factions uh, that are helping to pull things apart. I think those that boycott a charity event because of where it's hosted by a former president owning the course, that's an extreme side. That's forcing that to do it, and if we can get away from that, and there's extreme sides everywhere, if we can get away from more of that and find some common ground that we agree on, I think we'd find that you know maybe 65 to 70% of Americans are a lot alike in a lot of ways. So maybe we'll get there someday. I would also be interested to know what the financial situation was for this charity event being held at Trump's golf course in Doral. Was it given at a heavy discount? Was it free because they knew that the proceeds were going to something like a charity? Because if that was the case, it especially makes it bad, right? You know, golf courses are not cheap. Uh, They're generally members only. Uh, They cater to very wealthy individuals. Uh, it's not just something that you can say, oh, well, if this golf course won't hold it, I'll just go to this other golf course because they also have their schedule events. Summer is their busiest time, right? Everyone wants to golf on in their free time. Uh, so this just seems silly because I have to imagine they didn't pay full sticker price to host an event at this golf club. So, I mean, it's it's just very, very obscene uh, that people would feel so strongly about boycotting a charity event, especially if that, you know, what I just mentioned is also the case. So, uh, my first medical question I'm ever going to ask you, Charlie, Ooh. and maybe my last. And hopefully not the last. Yeah. May, first, hopefully not last. Have you ever had a kidney stone? <laughs> I have not, thank God, because I hear they are absolute torture. I, I've had them multiple times, and I'm here to tell you they are absolute torture. And a oh, uh, story with the golfer Mackenzie Hughes will illustrate some of that. And this is a level of toughness that is difficult to think about. But Mackenzie Hughes... Golfer, after playing in the U.S. Open, was flying from Los Angeles to Connecticut, and he started getting pain in his lower back. And as someone who has had kidney stones, Mm. that's where it always starts. The pain became so severe that he laid down on his back for the entire chartered flight. Thankfully, he was not flying Southwest, or he was not flying commercial (laughs) on his way to Connecticut, but he had a chartered plane, laid down on his back the entire flight, um, started vomiting from the pain, Decided to play in the first round of the Travelers Championship in Connecticut, shot a 76 while trying to pass a kidney stone, and then withdrew because of said kidney stone. Um, every time that I think I've had three now that, that I've, I've, I've had to pass. And the first Randy, time... Randy, what's going on with your kidneys? Well, I know people that get them like once every two months. Is it is it a genetic... Okay, before we... Is it a genetic thing or is it something with your diet or something that you have any control over or just... It's you're probably the with me, all of the above, quite frankly. Okay. You know, it's a little bit of everything. But I don't know <laughs> that like, anyone no else... no alcohol. You can't drink with this. You're like, what? Say I know, that again? <laughs> I know a buddy who gets them and he says, what I do is the moment I know it's coming on, he will chug five or six beers. <laughs> and he said, because doing that will force it through quicker. The pain will be severe, but it's it's forcing the kidney stone through quicker because you're having to urinate faster in doing so. Uh, and it's not, you know, people think, uh, I don't want to get too graphic here, but it's the passing of the stone yeah. through the ureter that hurts, right? That's why your lower back yeah. hurts. 
It's not the actual physical pat- – that's done at that point, oh. right, when it comes out. So that, that part, I don't want to get too – I don't want to illustrate it too much, but that part you don't feel. I would love for you to feel. get very graphic, if you don't mind, because I have questions now. It's How like, large are these stones? It's like sand. By the time it comes out, it's like sand, oh, basically, okay, so is what's happening. Yeah, because it's already been broken down. Think of um, – uh, that scene in Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom where they're crushing I, you know the me, rocks. I told you, my movies. I'm, I'm not up to date well, on my movies. I've Dave, you'll know what I'm talking about. But they're scene where they're crushing rocks on this big conveyor belt. And there's a very memorable scene where a person gets thrown into that. But as the rocks crush, that's what's happening as the stone is passing through your ureter. And it just breaks down into a pebble breaks down into like sand. And little bitty pebbles that you normally wouldn't even see as it physically passes out of your body. But it's the passing through the ureter that's painful. Charlie, I've had three of these. The first one, I was convinced that my appendix had ruptured or something very bad was happening with my internal organs, went to the emergency room, threw up from the pain, and then was told that it was a kidney stone. By the time I got to the emergency room, I was fine. It had passed. I'd gone through the worst part of it. I remember throwing up, waiting for a room to go to in the emergency room. Then they told me it was a kidney stone. I told myself, I'm not going to waste the money on another ER trip if this happens. Again, now I know what's going on. Happened a second time. It was so painful again. I had convinced myself again, probably about two to three hours. And it kind of comes and goes. You know, it's not all at once, but it it, it starts like every 20, 30 minutes. Uh, It's it's like contractions, right? It starts 20, 30 minutes and they get quicker. And then eventually it's, it's passed and you're fine. Second time, though, happened again. Hurt so bad, I convinced myself again something had ruptured. Went to the emergency room, same thing. The last time, I actually passed it at home without having to go to the doctor. But it is so painful. So I cannot imagine trying to play a round of golf as a professional while this is all taking place. Bottom line, drink a lot of water. You know, this is how you can prevent it. Drink a lot of water. Sometimes it is hereditary. Sometimes people just have it for whatever reason, their system where it happens over and over. Again, I know someone who have, has it happen three or four times a year. Uh, I've had it happen three times in my life, and I pray it never happens again. It is awful. So never have that happen, Charlie. I, I hope to never have that happen. But yeah, like you said about playing 18 holes of golf while trying to pass a kidney stone, that's pretty remarkable. Is this looks like his hand right there. He's trying to you know keep it PG, but you know maybe he was... <laughs> yeah. indicating something right there. Um, Yeah. I just can't imagine. There's, there's so many situations that athletes throughout, you know, history have found themselves in at least that we've been made aware of, you know, like Michael Jordan in the flu game, right? Like he played the game of his life, you know, right here, we've got a golfer trying to uh, pass a kidney stone while also dominating all the golf course. Uh, I think there's something about when you know that you have some type of physical limitation because something is wrong. It forces your mind to ultra focus, right? And it yeah. kind of like helps you to up your game in well, a way that you wouldn't have maybe normally expected because you're just like honed in so much. So like, have you ever, here's an example. Have you ever hosted a show hungover? Uh, yes. Yes. The Same. answer to that is yes. Yeah. Okay. Me too. And, and it I, does force you to focus in a lot more because you're just tunnel vision yeah. <laughs> trying to get through it. There's no real distractions because your body is just trying to physically get through the trauma and mentally you're trying to get through a show or whatever you're doing. And you're right. It does sometimes lead yeah, and, to and a you, great performance. You came away and you're like, wow, should I drink before 
every show. Next time great. you join me, Charlie, let's do this experiment. <laughs> Get really drunk the night before and come do the show hungover, and you can update us on your performance throughout the show. This will be like your Jordan flu game or our very own Kurt Schilling in his bloody sock game yeah. right, with the Red Sox. It'll be the same exact thing. Exactly. I won't, I won't tell you, though, when I'm doing it. Like We won't, we won't uh, time this up. Like you just mentioned, we'll just pick a show where I decide like I'm going to just get hammered the night before, and then I come on and I act just normal, and then afterwards... I see if you've noticed and I, if, you know, I just reveal to you like, Hey, I'm very, very, very hungover right now. I love this idea. Or you just asked me at the end of the show, Chad hungover or not. And I have to guess, <laughs> and then you'll tell me, and there'll be a big reveal where you say, yeah, I was not, not only hungover. I was a little drunk the entire yeah, I show. I was still a little bit tipsy during that show. Maybe Tito Ortiz is going to be hungover when he joins us. Uh, UFC. Great. He has offered to train, uh, Elon, and Zuck to get ready for this big fight that may happen. We'll talk to the MMA legend Tito Ortiz when we come back. This is Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. We're back. It's Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Jonathan Hutton will be back with us tomorrow. I'm Chad Withrow. Charlie Arnault, very special guest co-host with us up in New York. We are awaiting UFC legend Tito Ortiz scheduled to join us in this segment. We'll uh, talk to him shortly. But in the meantime, Charlie, uh, Major League Baseball went to London this past weekend. Baseball is not a sport I think about with international appeal other than Latin America. But they've had some success. They had sellouts in London, and now the talk is they may go to Paris. Um, I got to be honest. I don't know if this is ultimately going to work, but um, you know, bravo for the effort about trying to get American baseball to take off in, in Europe. But uh, I'm not sure how this is going to play ultimately, Charlie. You know, just like I said earlier about how I'm now an NHL fan, let me just first of all preface by saying I grew up in Indianapolis. So I didn't grow up with baseball or hockey. So I never have had teams that I've called my own, nor have I really expressed such a great interest in those sports. Because again, I grew up with basketball and football. So those are the two areas where I put my fandom into. Was it the Indianapolis Indians when you were growing up? Or yeah, did they change it's still, the name? It's still the, no, it's still the Indians. So they uh, but didn't change uh, with, with Cleveland. That's interesting. Yeah, no, it's, uh, but that's, you know, that's, that's a farm team. It's not yeah. major league. So you, you go there to like have some, Cracker Jack and, oh, yeah. you know, enjoy the sunset. It's not so much of a, ah, oh, the Indians. I can't wait to see what they... Yeah, no one cares if they win or lose. Tonight. Just whether or not you're going to be hung over the next day. That's all people yes, care about. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, I didn't grow up with these teams, but just like I mentioned earlier, how I'm now an NHL fan because they have done away with their pride jerseys. I also now, knowing that MLB is going to Paris, have decided that I can become a baseball fan because I have really... Not so much interest in attending a baseball game in America, but if you need me to get on a plane and go cover a baseball game in Paris, sign me up. I am there. 
there are definitely worse gigs than going to Paris to cover a Major League Baseball game. Also worse gigs than going to London to cover one. That's what Derek Jeter did. His first appearance on Fox this past weekend with David Ortiz, Alex Rodriguez, Kevin Burkhart during the pregame show um, for the, the London series, Cubs and Cardinals. Guys, we got it. There we go. Uh, for the Cubs and Cardinals pregame show in the London series. Um, he was given a gift during uh, the, the pregame from David Ortiz. The gift, Charlie, was a Boston Red Sox jersey with Jeter number two on the back. And Derek Jeter, as we can see in the video, was not having any of it. Did not like it, did not appreciate it. Decided to go ahead and uh, get rid of it on set as the gift was handed to him. Uh, I love this from Jeter. I love the sense of humor from David Ortiz. Really, really funny from these guys. Yeah, well, a couple things. I just, I like the camaraderie. It gives me, it gives me like NBA on TNT vibes, right? Where you've got people that can actually have a good time on set and it's, it's genuine and authentic and not, you know, uh, a produced segment where the producer's like, oh, now you do this. Like it's, I think yeah. it's actually, we're seeing their personalities come through. Uh, so I think that's fantastic. Uh, I'm all, I'm always here for the trolling uh, in whatever form it takes. But also, remember on Friday, we had the discussion about how Jeter was going to fare uh, as he started his broadcasting career with the team. So um, it's it's good to know that it's off to a hot start. Yeah, it was good. That that's uh, I didn't see a lot of it. Uh, the games, the first game was a blowout, I know, on Saturday. I, I did watch a lot of the Reds-Braves series over the weekend. This is one of the best baseball series I've seen in a while. Charlie, I'm a sucker for a team in a city. Now, not the city because the Bengals have been great in Cincinnati, but that Reds team has been terrible for probably a decade now. And I'm a sucker for the teams that are pretty well supported that have been terrible, that suddenly are good again. And mm -hmm. that's what we're seeing in Cincinnati. The Reds won 12 straight games for the first time since 1957. Ellie De La Cruz hit for the cycle, first Reds player to do so since Eric Davis in 1988. If they won on Saturday, it would have been 13 straight wins for the first time in franchise history since 1899 was the last time that happened. This series broke a Major League Baseball record for a three-game series with the amount of home runs between both teams. And now after six games, the Braves are 5-1 and one against the Reds, but every game decided by exactly one run. The Braves wow. won 5-4, to 7-6, to six, and 7-6 to six in Atlanta. The Braves lost 11 to 10 Friday night and then won 7 to 6 and 7 to 6. So their five wins have been by the exact score of 7 to 6 and they lost 11 to 10. That's a lot of numbers there, but it's a long way of saying I'm entertained when a fan base that normally hasn't had a lot to cheer about is entertained. I'm a Braves fan. They've had a lot of success. They did well this weekend, but that was just a great series. And it's cool to see Reds fans showing up at the ballpark and having that much fun again. Yeah, I'm always here for a good, you know, a nice feel-good story, uh, especially in sports. You know, it's fun to to see fans who have went who've gone through so much for so long uh, finally have something to start really cheering for. Uh, that's always a great feeling. I, for one, have been through it myself. You know, as a Colts fan, I'm 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 right now I'm I'm in the valley. I'm waiting for things to uh, head back up uphill again, but it's been it's been some time. You're ready for football years. season, is what you're saying? I'm, oh, I'm super ready for football season. I cannot wait. Uh, it's like everything ramps up so quickly. Yeah, so it's you know you win some, you lose some, but yet to have that 
just despair set in for so long. And then suddenly you're like, oh, wait a second. And then it's always great when other people start trying to jump on board to your team's success. Like, you know, we were talking before, I was like, eh, I don't want to, I don't want to go too, too crazy with, with my NHL fandom. Uh, when you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were a fan of this team. How quickly things change. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny walking that fine line between plucky upstart fun story to bandwagon jumping team is sometimes very difficult. Craig Carton, who was a longtime fixture on WFAN in New York, sports talk host, recently took a job with FS1 on a television morning show, and even more recently has left WFAN for a seven-figure job with Fox on FS1 to host the Carton Show. Now, he is a convicted felon, okay? Mm -hmm. He had some issues with sports gambling. Dan Lebitard, who I've interviewed a number of times, and at least in an interview setting, I've always liked Dan. Uh, Dan's got some pretty strong opinions on things. This goes well, back to some of yeah, this goes back to some of your identity politics you talked about earlier, Charlie. But yeah. Dan Lebitard had this to say about Craig Carton getting this full time job. Quote, as it relates to our sorry sacks, awful industry that employs people who are largely interchangeable, the idea that Fox would give a convicted felon a promotion when that opportunity would never go in my history doing this to somebody who isn't white is such an indictment of everything around me that I find it deeply offensive about our industry. That from Dan Lebitard about Fox promoting Craig Carton what Dan Lebitard fails to mention, though, Charlie, is that Fox also employs Mike Vick, who was in a pretty uh, uh, lengthy prison yeah. sentence and a pretty big story where he also is a convicted felon, currently employed to talk football on the Fox network. So his facts are a bit off with this opinion. You know, there's so many there's so many things about this that just make me shake my head, but uh, it's. This is kind of how the the world of media works now. Uh, you unfortunately, uh, you know, as much as they want to create an inclusive environment, uh, we now found it's going the opposite way of, you know, becoming exclusive uh, to those who I think used to hold a uh, great deal of the jobs. Uh, but, as, you know, you can't make a case for someone having a criminal background and then not make a case for the you know, same type of criminal, you know, it's not the same type of criminal background, but also having a criminal background, uh, but you just don't discuss it because of of, of their race. Uh, if you're going to talk about it, then talk about it in every facet. Why do either of them have jobs there? You know, if if they're going to hire one, then they really have no reason not to hire the other. Uh, so Dan Lebertard probably needs to to uh, reconfigure his argument if he wants to make it make any sense. I just don't. You know, he he, he said, I find it deeply offensive that this uh, awful sad sack industry and goes on. Well, Dan is an employer uh, with Metal Arc Media. You know, he employs people. Uh, he's employed Howard Bryant, who is a convicted felon, uh, who is a black man, and he continues to be employed. If you're an employer, employ who you want. What I don't understand is getting upset outrage, whatever you want to call it, about anyone who's hired based on their sex or race. Mm -hmm. Like that the initial response is, I'm mad that this white man got promoted and not a discussion on whether or not that person is good or bad. Good should matter. 
Are you good? Are you talented? Do you know your stuff? Do you know what you're doing? That's not Are how you it good works at hosting anymore. a show? Like that should be the first conversation though, right? And that's what bothers me is why is someone just looking at the race of someone? Imagine if if anyone came because out Because that's the I, Trump card now. That's the Trump card. They 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 because now we have enabled these people like Dan or whomever to make an argument that really just hinges itself on race. And people can't question it because if you do question it, then then you're racist. So that's just just the easiest out for people these days, just to to make it about race, and then no one's allowed to question it. Yeah, we're we're gonna question it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what we're gonna do here, right, on this show and on and on Outkick is question things like. And I, and I agree with you. I think that there's a large majority of people who will just you know very loudly applaud when something dumb like that is said, but there are other people who are, you know, thinking, come on, let's, let's get back to talking about whether someone's good or not. Yeah. And, well, and it's, not what it's sex called reverse, reverse racism, uh, I think would be the proper definition of it. And it is alive and well right now. So it's, it's really sad because I think we were working towards a point where, you know, we were having representation of so many different types of people and that's wonderful, right? You want everybody to have the same opportunities. And I do think, you know, at one point in time, sure, maybe there were minorities of some sorts that could have been given better looks. Uh, and I think now they have. And that's wonderful. I want everyone to have opportunities if they are good and if they are qualified and if they are, you know, continuing to do well at their job. You know, it's not just based on what you do on paper. It's also like the the dynamic you have on screen with other people, uh, especially in our business. Um, but now it's gotten to the point where if you are white or you are a man, you're a white man, straight white man, then you're really in trouble. Double uh, trouble for me. You not, Triple you're trouble. not given the opportunities uh, <laughs> that other people are. And it's just, it's gone in the complete opposite direction and it's really sad. And now it almost makes you regret. And that's the worst thing. It makes you regret us moving in the direction of having uh, equal opportunity because they're like, well, wait, now look at how things have gone. Uh, and that's that's the horrible thing that that I think has happened because we could have gotten to a place where I think everyone would have been happy, but it's just it's gotten it's gotten insane at this point. Yeah, we've definitely reached an inflection point where if you're not good at your job, you can always argue racism in some way or immediately point to that. I, I think you're right on that, and um, I'm triple screwed on that. You, white, you are straight, <laughs> uh, you know, middle aged. I guess man. now. I better be damn good at what I'm doing if I plan on keeping a job. That that's for sure. Well, let me tell you this real quick, just uh, kind of on the subject. It's not it's not a, a racism play, but I have a friend who owns a company, and he was telling me the other day about how one of his female employees. This is you know another one of the plays is the sexual harassment play. Mm -hmm. One of his employees wanted um, she was not doing her job. She was just completely abandoning her responsibility, so they were going to let her go which makes sense, right? You're not doing your job. You get let go. That's how the world works. Well, then she claimed sexual harassment on her direct boss. And my friend who owns the company was like, there's no chance this happened. Like, I absolutely know this is a lie, especially the timing of it all. Okay. So then he goes to her and says, listen, like we're letting you go. That's just how it is. Like, if you want to take this to court, like, you know, by all means, because he didn't think she would actually do it. Then she turned right, right back around and said, he, my friend, was sexually harassing her. Meanwhile, he doesn't even correspond with this employee. This is like someone who's completely off of his radar. 
And he was like, it was just the most bizarre thing. This woman was so crazy and we knew we would lose. So we had no choice but to pay her $80,000 to go away. And that is how the world works now. Yeah, it does feel like, you know, if, if you play it um, a dishonest way, but one way, you can almost get a lifetime appointment in a job now if you wanted to threaten that, exactly. like your buddy's employee threatened that. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to think about. Uh, one other quick headline, uh, John Morant's GM, Kevin Kleiman, uh, he doesn't think that John Morant's being treated unfairly at all. In fact, he said, very appropriate with this lengthy suspension of what's coming and that he's disappointed a lot of people within that organization. I love that level of honesty from him, Charlie. Uh, if John Morant's not going to say it, he is, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not difficult to realize that the the NBA gave him some mercy, and he should be very thankful for that. And I think there are wise enough people in his camp and in his orbit to also realize that, and they are not going to let John Morant make himself look like a fool uh, by you know further agreeing with him and endorsing his poor behavior. So. Listen, I love when people are able to stand up for themselves, regardless of what other people might think. I think this was a good move. Absolutely. And I think John Morant will later come to realize it was a good move. So we're going to get weird with Davey Hudson. Let's get weird when we come back. We're flying blind on this one. We don't know anything that's going to be thrown at us. We will react in real time to some of the strangest headlines in the world. That's coming up next. This is Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are having fun on a Monday. Hope you are as well with whatever you're doing right now. Getting you through the work week just a little bit faster. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton will be back tomorrow. This is Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. If you're watching on YouTube right now, make sure you're subscribed to the Outkick YouTube channel. Make sure you smash that like button. Charlie Arnault is a member of the Outkick family now. She'll be hosting a show coming this fall. You can see her on that Outkick YouTube channel, so be sure to like every time she's on there as well. She's on with us right now. Very special guest co-host, Charlie Arnault. Charlie, I asked you to start this hour. Uh, we're almost two hours down. Are you still having fun? I'm loving every moment that we have together, that's, as always. That's I, I need an hour. This is like a wellness check. Every just, hour on the hour, I'm going to ask you if you're still doing okay. And if you are, then we can proceed. So it's good to know that you're okay in this hour. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people could use wellness checks on the hour Yeah, on a regular basis. Wouldn't that be a days? nice thing? Almost like a, an alarm you can set. <laughs> On your phone, but it's just someone just check. Hey, just checking are, in. Are you okay? The problem is, is that most people will probably say, no, I'm not okay. And then what? Is there someone that's actually going to go check on them? Because I don't think our labor market is strong enough to uh, support that type of response. Yeah, there are so many times where, you know, I'll, I'll walk into the studio or wherever and someone will, you know, hey, how was the weekend? I really want to get honest with them. Like, you know what? Let me tell you about the weekend. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you about the swim lesson with my three-year-old daughter that I just came from this morning and just really lay it on them about how I'm um, not okay and how I'm frustrated. Uh, but usually, you know what I say? It was fun. It was great. Hope yours was well. Hope you had a good was, time. 
That was me yesterday. I told you we had the uh, pride parade that yeah. was literally in my neighborhood all day. And I was so confused because I was like, wait a second. This was the start point of the parade. Shouldn't it be somewhere else by now? Like Moving? Should it migrate to just stay no, right there, you're like, saying? They were, they were like, oh, no, there's still floats and like uh, groups that still have to get through to start the parade. I'm like, start. It started four hours ago. So it was it was non it was just nonstop, never ending. I was forced to walk in so many different directions to get around it. And I was trying to be positive because meanwhile, I was livid, right? I was infuriated that this was all over my neighborhood, not only because I totally disagree with the movement, but also just like it's inconvenient for me. So I was walking a ton, even though I didn't mean to walk a ton yesterday. And I was like, you know what? This is great. I'm getting my steps in. I reached yeah. 15,000 steps unintentionally today. And that was like my like my mind trick to be like, oh, this is fine. But meanwhile, it was not fine. See, I like that you came in and you had an honest approach to to your weekend and what happened. Where <laughs> instead of just dismissing, it was fine. You know, just just moving right along. You were honest with it. Davy Hudson's always honest with these stories. Uh, we'll give our honest take on some of the weirdest things happening around the globe. Davy Hudson with us right now for a little. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Oh, this is my turn to talk. Okay, okay, here we go, Chad. All it's right. Up, yeah, nope, it's up. Nope. See, see, uh, Hutton, Hutton's four, usually like three, and then you do the silent count yeah. like on Wayne's World. Then I always say with the time. going live now after that, Hutton usually just says, "All right, Davey, take it away," and I go, "Thank you, Hutton." Hey, this but, is your this yeah. is your segment, that's, man. That's perfect. I, I, it's all right. I, I, I threw it to you. I've got softballs in the air. Time for you to knock it out of the park. It's all right. I, I'm probably gonna swing and a miss, but we'll see what happens. So. Speaking of swing and a miss, we're going to have to get to the date eventually. So yeah, we're, we're saving that for, yeah, the that's, that's for, for the last we, uh, segment. We, we always leave them wanting more, Charlie. So that date recap is coming up in the final okay, segment good. of the show. So the first story I want to start with, and then I'll kind of give an idea as far as a theory I have that I think could solve, I don't know, majority of America's problems. But so right now in New Zealand, they are asking for Air New Zealand to weigh passengers before they get on a plane. The reasoning behind this is just because of the current standards you need to use. Uh, you have to make sure you're maintaining a, a balance that is going to be one that the uh, pilots know, like, all right, we're good to take off here. This is our current capacity. And I want to relate this back to America, but in New Zealand, they're making sure to where no one can see the weight. The only people that know that this is happening is the, the airline staff itself. on the back end. Yes. And I want to go back to this from the American standpoint because I read an article a couple of years ago where the FAA was thinking about doing this because they needed to update the standards uh, in which we were operating under. And the numbers, be because of that, and I'll go with this. So the old FAA standards had the average adult passenger and their carry-on baggage at 170 pounds in the summer and 175 pounds in the winter. That is to account for extra clothing. You know, you're probably carrying more baggage during the winter just due to the temperature. And I don't know if you guys know this, but based off the most recent standards by the CDC, does anyone know what our current obesity rate in America is right now? Oh, God. No. I would say... Are we at 50%? I would say around... I, I, I'm going to maybe go over 50 slightly. What we're, is it, David? We're not quite there, but the most recent standards take account from 2017 to 2020, and we're at 42%. Okay, we're... we're so, 
Getting closer. Obvi- We're inching closer to that halfway mark. Obviously not good. Now, the FAA did recently update their standards because obviously the 170 pounds is just, I mean, that's archaic at this point. Now they're going for 184 or 179 pounds in the summer, 184 pounds in the winter for women, and an average of 200 pounds in the summer against uh, 205 pounds in the winter for men. So the, the reason I say this is because they're still trying to collect data to change this once again. And the big thing for me, again, like I said, I feel like I could save a lot of America's problems. The issue is nobody comes to me for the answers. So what I would say is, just by the way, another stat I want to ask you guys, do you guys know what the number one leading cause of death is in America? Heart disease? It's heart disease, followed by cancer. Number three is unintentional deaths. So heart disease, way up there. Heart disease often associated with obesity. Okay. So I wasn't wrong. Yeah. So when we look at this, we obviously see the problem that we continue to become more overweight. Uh, the foods in which that we are consuming just continue to be more terrible for you. The longer and longer we go, this problem's not getting better. So the idea I had was a lot of times people get so heavy that they're able to get a handicapped parking spot. Obviously, that's not very conducive if you're trying to encourage exercise, all right? And as we all know, the handicapped spark- parking pass, it's blue. Well, I was like, well, what's another, other, uh, another color we could use? Well, they also have red. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but red you get if you have a temporary parking pass or handicap parking spot, and that's typically for somebody who's maybe had like a knee replacement surgery. They're not going to need it long-term, but because uh, for the sh- short foreseeable future, they're going to need a little extra help. I thought we'd come up with another color. Now, this will involve a lot of paint, but we go for orange. And these parking spots are as far away from the building as possible. And the reason we're going with orange is orange for obesity, all right? It's just kind of a little alliteration there, kind of help you remember that. And so, and if we do this, I think we're going to, one, help lower the risk of heart disease in America, at which point, if we do that, healthcare becomes more affordable because you're not crashing the system with all these people that are experiencing heart disease. Now, I know I just threw a lot of stuff at you all. I will let you debate amongst yourself. Also, orange because it's like a traffic cone and those stick out. Um, I, I like it. I think that you it would be almost universally just crushed as fat shaming mm. if you did this and would not be seen as a health issue, but as fat shaming. So I, I'm for it, but I don't think that people would let it pass. What do you think, Charlie? God, I would love it. I would literally love it so much. Uh, I don't care. I'm done with like everyone being so sensitive. If, if you're overweight, you're overweight. It's not because we're shaming you. It's because we have planes that we would like to fly safely over the country and over oceans. Uh, unlike some of the incidents we've seen lately, we we want everyone to come back alive, right? We want it to be a round trip, not a one way. Uh, so I don't care. Listen, if, if you're unhealthy, then that's not on me to protect you from the criticism that comes along with it. There was that video recently of that morbidly obese woman who was on the plane and the uh, passenger behind her was taking the video where she could not get through the seats. And she was throwing a fit saying that the, the planes need to be updated, made larger to accommodate passengers like herself. And it's like, are you out of your mind? You are, you are the exception here. You are, incredibly unhealthy you are the problem you you are <laughs> you problem are, you ma'am are the problem not the plane yes it's just like the people the the entitlement that people have these days for reasons that you do not have the justification to be entitled for is beyond me okay uh, if you i would think that you would want to live a nice long prosperous life because at the rate that you're going you're going to be dead 
in a few years, because like we talked about heart disease, your heart is going to give out. Like your body was not meant to deal with that much, you know, struggle every day. So it's, listen, weigh the passengers. If that's what's going to take for all of us to fly safely, then that's what needs to happen. Let me throw an idea at you guys that I had while Davey was telling this story. That This is where I wish tech would kind of catch up to our real wants and needs about what they should do. How awesome would it be if every time you bought a plane ticket or a ticket to a concert or a ticket to a Broadway show or a sporting event, if you could see the spots that were purchased around you and see gender and height and weight of everyone around you, how much more apt would you be to purchase the ticket on the plane next to the five foot five, (laughs) hundred and ten pound female, or in between two of them, or go to the ball game next to the slender family of four, as opposed to a bunch of really big people, knowing they're gonna be taking up your leg room, or even someone just really tall. (laughs) You know, that's right next to you, that's legs are going to be intertwined with yours the whole time. Wouldn't it be great if we could see the seating chart and it was just a bunch of heights and weights and sex Well, the problem problem with that is it'll be like Ticketmaster and they'll start ranging the pricing based off if there's a a smaller person there. It's like, all right, we're going to make these. They'll up the price. Yeah, the the seat right next to them is going to be a lot higher. I don't want to price gouge on it. I don't want them to do that. But wouldn't it be awesome? If there won't like price gouge already. Ticketmaster is under the fire next for price gouging. They're yeah. not going to be allowed to price gouge much longer, so they're not going to instate that on, onto other entities. But I will tell you, it would make a huge difference because I always have the fear. You sit down and you're like, ooh, the seat's empty. First of all, you have the you know high-flying hope that usually doesn't come to fruition that no one's going to take that seat because that's the ultimate win, right? But then you're like, okay, just please be someone who is A, I won't say small, but someone who can fit in their seat, right? Not encroaching on your space just by purely sitting down. Yeah. B, someone that smells normal. Yeah. You have okay? to put a, a scent next to your height and weight. I don't need you to smell great. I don't need you to wear, be wearing really good smelling cologne or perfume. I just don't want to smell you. Yeah. That's it. I don't want to smell you because that is actually the worst thing of, above anything else. I think is if you have a really offensive smelling person next to you. I'm with you. That, that trumps everything. And I ha- unfortunately was in one of those situations the other day when flying back to New York, where I had the man in front of me who just when he would subtly move because he smelled so bad, he was very large. He would give off. I mean, the worst smell. And eventually you become immune to it, right? Because you're so adjusted. But once we all got up and we're walking off the plane, I was right behind him. And I was like, Oh, Nope. I was not imagining that you smell horrible. So I wish I wish we had all that information at our fingertips. You can have yeah. height, weight by the seats that you're thinking about purchasing, and then like a scratch and sniff. You have to, and then you have to, yeah, you have to give person. a swap. You can actually go on your phone or your device and and scratch it and smell what that person sitting next to you is going to smell like, or they put their dietary preferences. So if they're yeah. like big into tuna melts that they carry <laughs> onto the plane, you know not to sit next to them. Also, I'm on to something here. I feel well, like we should really get someone working on this idea. I think it's a billion-dollar idea. And I, well, I would also There's a lot add, of things you won't be able to do, Chad. Like, we've already written you off. You're not going to own a sports team. Remember we said that on Friday. Yeah. Um, today, what was it? I'm we, also white and straight, so I probably won't no, have wait, this job yeah, there was much another longer. Job we've already ruled on that. To, oh, yeah, you weren't going to be able to pilot uh, be the pilot for on the Ocean Titan Gate. submersible. Yeah, I'm out on but that this, also. This, on the other hand, we're on to something. So, listen, if this broadcasting career you know you decide to just take a quick little detour 
You might be you might be onto something. If there are any tech titans of industry that are watching right now, if Elon Musk is watching this and wants the next big idea, I'm happy to partner with you on this one. I think it's a big time idea. Swab samples of passenger smells. And the last thing I'll say, a lot of people probably think I'm bullying, but I'm not. I'm not going to call somebody like fat right to their face, but a little constructive criticism wouldn't hurt. We are talking with the number one leading cause of death in this country. And uh, again, people would probably fight back against this one, but I think there needs to be that scale. And it's got a like the biggest screen in the airport is right next to where people get up there. And if you feel like you're too fat to fly and you're ashamed of that, it's on you to work about making yourself better. I wonder who doesn't know they're fat. Like, if you could narrow down to people who don't think they're fat, that are actually fat, those are the people that might need a little constructive criticism. But I think most people probably know. Davey, that was great because you gave us one big thing to chew on, and we chewed on it for the entire segment and went at it with a number of different ideas. So that was terrific. Um, There is a biological female that's winning boxing matches against men. This has really blown my mind. We'll discuss when we come back. This is Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. 